I know something that drives me a lot is just wanting to learn and learn and yep. learn and be curious and and when you're curious you can take in so much like yeah. being curious is probably the most underrated thing in the world this is fat chats with the lads with your boys baz pricey and liam let's go i'm just trying to do something fun every day never be afraid to go out and see the world if you're not into nfts you miss now you miss 100 of the shots you don't take yo welcome to the second episode of fat chats we're so excited we've got our first ever guest and yeah we're super keen to get going today on the potty we're lucky enough to have the king of e-commerce himself ceo of agency brand booster mastermind creative serial entrepreneur Born and raised island boy, but most importantly, one of our best mates, Jai Howitt. How you don't doing? About, don't know about King of Econ, but uh, excited to be here, fellas. That's awesome. We'd love to have you here, man. Uh, you've had a pretty exciting life. Uh, the last five to ten years have been in different countries, different islands. You grew up in Perth, but you also moved to Cocos Islands, and not many people know of Cocos Islands, so can you please run us through where that is and, and how that came about? Yeah, uh, biggest spot in the middle of the Indian Ocean, and you, you'd probably find it somewhere in there. It's like a remote atoll of 24 i think i'm going to butcher that 24 or 27 islands and it is technically part of australia so when i was when i was a kid my parents were both teachers or our teachers and and they did a couple of stints up there so we were lucky enough to grow up there for uh, something like seven or eight years throughout my lifetime how many uh, siblings do you have uh, I'm one of seven. So, wow. Yeah, a few. Big family. Insane. A few Huge kids family. running around. In Cocos Islands, what did you do for work? Like, what did you do over there? Did you just go to school? Were you homeschooled? How did that run about? Yeah, so the first time was in school. So I was primary school and, and all of us kids were actually at the time. So that was sort of early 2000s even, uh, 2004, 2005. And the second time was kind of the transformational time, I would say. So we went back in 2017. I'd finished high school, had a gap year. And I was kind of ready for that next thing and to really step into the person I wanted to be. And so uh, at the time I was dabbling in a bit of Instagram growth stuff, you know, as a 16 year old growing accounts and just, you know, knowing there was potential there somewhere. So just doing it for fun. And then uh, when I got there, I'd sort of built this little, uh, like a small online business where I was growing accounts for other people. I had software that helped me do it. At the time, I was just, you know, wanted to be behind the screen, didn't want to talk to anyone, just wanted to do my thing and, and make a bit of money. Um, but I was also working in tourism, so I worked at the uh, the tourism, uh, what do you call it, the tourism shop, I suppose, yep. and, uh, on Cocos, and yep. kind of went between the two. But uh, in terms of other work over there, there's there's kind of the typical stuff like working at the bar or um, doing handyman jobs and things like that. But a large, most of the population is teachers and their their families. What is the population for those that don't know? Uh, to give a rough idea. Yeah, so there's two of the islands are where people live on. Uh, on one, the Cocos Malay people who've been there for, for a long time and, and there's about five or 600 of those. And on West Island, which is where um, we grew up, there was probably under 200, so pretty small. Yeah, well, when yeah. you were growing up, like what was a normal day on island, yeah. island like? Yeah. like were you, what, what were you working on and what, what kind of, what was a normal day like? So w- when I was there in 2017, it was, uh, it depended a little bit. It was hard because, you know, you want to work during certain hours, but then you kind of work based on the tides and the surf and that sort of yeah. thing. So um, it was always a little bit of that. It was usually trying to get an early start. Um, and and for me, working on um, whether it was Instagram growth or, you know, learning agency stuff at the time. And then usually sometime mid-morning, like, for example, Flynn, uh, brother Flynn, he'd be uh, working at the cafe and he'd come home at like 11. So we'd be like, yo, let's go for a surf. Um, when the sun's out and the tide's right, 
Uh, and because everything's really controlled by the tide, the activities yeah. you want to do, whether it's kite surfing or surfing or um, going for a walk to another island, you know, that sort of stuff's all controlled by the tide. So you kind of have to work around that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, it's a lot of like uh, probably a lot more spontaneity. And like we had days where and we had scooters, that was kind of how we got around. And there was days where we, we were like, yo, let's go camp down at the north end of the island and just build a bonfire and make shelters and, and shit like that. And, you know, we'd be, I swear I've got a photo of this too. We had swags where our, where our feet should be. So I think we're kind of up on the handlebars almost. Yeah, yeah. And then like 17 bags and sleeping bags hanging off and two people on the back. And it was just like, well, it was still Australian laws in terms of driving and stuff. So you couldn't have, you know, anything illegal. You had to have helmets and stuff like that. But um, you know, just stacks of stuff and then we just whiz down and cook up, you know, on the bonfire and just, just make sausages or roti or, you know, whatever we're, we're feeling. And then yeah. um, it was just kind of a bit more adventurous, I guess, is the, the feeling and it just seemed to be a lot more camping and stuff. But, you know, that also throws your schedule because then you get back the next morning, you just gassed. You just, you yeah, know, you yeah, had yeah, a big, yeah. just a, a big trip. And, um, but, you know, then you, usually there's some element of swimming or going to the beach and um, a bit of work in between, obviously. And, um, you know, for the kids going to school and stuff, that was just the regular school week as well. So <laughs> so being living on an island and surrounded by water and, and salt water and being in that environment, do you feel now you have like kind of a connection and, and a home feeling towards the ocean and salt water and stuff like that? Yeah, more so Cocos. Like I go back, yeah, yeah. I just get mega nostalgia even thinking about We're going back in, what's the date today? Yeah, we are. Soon, November or something. Yeah. yeah, we're going in a month. Liam's coming. Yeah, definitely a connection to the place because yeah. it holds so much of my transformation. But um, And also like for my, for my partner, her family bloodline is kind of all through the islands. And then my family, obviously, um, who grew up there as well. So a lot of connections there. But yeah, Cocos was a place we learned to surf properly. And, yep. you know, so... The, not that I surf a lot now in, in Perth at least, but uh, definitely, you know, a lot of uh, positive memories, I, I suppose you'd, you'd say. It's weird how uh, you said you kind of were growing accounts and you kind of had that insight into a future of social media and stuff like that. But how did how did that come about? Like, did you get that information from someone else and kind of get an inside tip or did you just kind of think of it? Uh, it's, a, it's a long story probably, but... It kind of started in my gap year. I was working in a timber mill and, you know, doing pretty full-on long 12-hour night shifts and just standing watching wood go past on a on machinery and making sure it doesn't screw up. So it was pretty monotonous work, but I actually really look back at that time fondly because it was a time I had all my ideas and I used to pull off little packets on the side of the wood and, and write down ideas as I had them. And one of those just happened to be you know, getting to that Instagram space and, and growing a following more so uh, to be able to then leverage and go travel and, and that sort of thing. So that was kind of what I had my eyes set on. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of where it started. And that just flourished from there. I, I met some people online who were kind of doing a similar thing in Australia, but never met them in person until years later. Um, and one, le- yeah. one thing led to another. And, you know, I, I, I think at the time I, I bought an account for um, like a hundred bucks and it had five or 6,000 followers. And I was like, ah, oh, if I've got a head start, I can just go, you know, already be ahead of the curb. And, um, it was like in the travel niche and I just converted it to be more of a, uh, surf, uh, van life themed page. And I grew that over the last couple of years, over the next couple of years, uh, until I don't know, 140, 150,000 followers. And, 
um, and kind of leveraged that as well when I did start traveling to, you know, go to hotels and say, hey, look, you know, I can, I can shout you out. I can do content for you, you know, that sort of stuff. So that was the plan anyway, and that's kind of what was driving me to, to do it. Yeah, that's insane. So you said you grew up on the mainland as well in Bunbury. You spent a lot of time yeah. doing high yeah, school. So How was the contrast between the island and on the mainland here? Yeah, pretty pretty drastic. So we were in a little country town when we were back on the WA mainland and, uh, you know, catching the bus to school and, you know, a bit more remote living. Not quite as remote as the island, obviously. So it was just a, a big change and, you know, just very different climate, very tropical up on the island. So you, you just had different hobbies and a lot more evolved around the water. Um, and But when I was a kid, I guess I didn't really think about it much. I just, you know, it was just, it was just whatever. And then it wasn't until I came back in 2017 when the family moved back that it really shifted for me because I was like, now I'm really ready to step into it and just make the most of it. So do you think like moving to Cocos was a massive blessing for you and, and that helped you, you know, in on, not only your personal life, but, you know, how you are as a person? Yeah, I, I look back at it as probably the one of the most pivotal moments in my career or life or journey, whatever you want to call it. And just really being able to, um, not even intentionally, but just like, you know, not really associating with with friends I had at the time and just being able to step into who I wanted to be, wear the clothes I wanted to wear, um, act how I wanted to act. And, you know, no one knew me going back to Cocos. Some people who'd been there years knew of of our family, but no one really knew me as a teenager. So, um, yeah, that really opened up the doors to dive further into the Instagram stuff, further into content. And I had a camera at that point um, and I just made a few, uh, you know, YouTube videos at that time and, and, yeah, started taking more seriously about that time. I think Liam, you and I probably experienced something pretty similar growing up in the hills in the country and since moving out, it's probably been one of the turning points as well for our creative. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's, it's pretty cool being so isolated in a different kind of environment and that kind of pushes you when you get forced into a new environment to kind of adapt quickly and just learn, learn different yeah. things again. Yeah, yeah, I think even with my move across the, across the country, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that was a, a big one. Like, obviously I was on coast either way, uh, living a similar life, but... You're surrounding yourself with different people, different environments. You know, you don't know many people at the shops. Like, it's just a complete different environment. And, and we spoke about it in that last episode, like diving into that vulnerability mm. is huge. And I'm interested, do you ever feel vulnerable when you are kind of shifting between these these uh, different hometowns? Yeah, I don't know so much about moving with the family because you kind of felt safe around them. But like a huge thing I, I always suggest for people, maybe younger people who are like, oh, what should I do with my life? You know, I've saved a little bit of money. I kind of don't know where to go. And not that I'm a life coach, uh, not financial advice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, the first thing I always say is just go book a ticket somewhere and go by yourself. Don't don't meet up with friends. Don't go with friends yeah. um, or a partner if you have a partner. And just because that's just going to open up this whole world and, and the other people you meet doing the same thing kind of coming from a similar space so yeah. um that would just be i know you guys have all experienced that in, in one way or another and that was yep. huge for me even after cocos i spent a lot of time in in bali and and you know overseas and and over east as well so just yeah really stepping into that and, and not being afraid to you know no plan b really and i guess we've known you for the past three or four years now but what you were doing back then compared to what you're doing now is a completely different story and kind of you've been in perth for the next little while how did that kind of transition from you traveling experiencing all this different stuff to finding somewhere that you were pretty happy to settle down in yeah definitely came over time you know there was for a couple of years there when i was sort of 19 20 i just wanted to travel someplace get free accommodation and and you know exchange uh for video or or content 
and then just go to the next place and just keep traveling. I actually did that for a bit, um, mostly in Bali, but just the people I met there really opened my eyes into things like crypto and, and just other opportunities that were around. And not that I dove into those necessarily. I just sort of was just so um, open and exposed to everything. And, you know, I think my goal back then was like, I want to earn 500 bucks a week and I can just go wherever I want and just break even, just make it. Uh, and there just kind of came a point where I... I realized I was willing and ready to sacrifice a few things and be in one place and build something a bit more substantial and and really uh, create something bigger. So that was sort of end of 2019. Uh, we based, or started 2019, but we based in North Rio in, in Perth and then end of 2019 is kind of when Brand Booster um, was, was coming together. But, you know, it kind of changed from me being in my bedroom at home, you know, working for, I'd sit there for, eight to 10 hours and I was really consistent with it. I'd be up at five, five thirty, and, and just sit there and grind and, and listen to courses and, um, call people. And early days with the agency, I was trying to run ads for people back then. And, and I was, I reckon I lined up 30 or 40 calls over six months and rejected by everyone. You know, some were, yeah, wow. some were like close conversations. They were good conversations, good learning every time, but no one closed, made no money. So I was sitting there spending a hell of a lot of time, but I, I guess what drove me was like, I knew something was coming. I knew that I was working towards it wasn't in vain. Uh, when Brand Booster formed, which was is a creative agency for those who don't know, um, and we produce content for e-commerce brands to help with their advertising and help them grow. Uh, so I was no longer trying to run their ads. I was instead doing something which I was a lot more familiar with anyway. Uh, and that just opened a lot of doors. And, you know, that was end of 2019. And now we're, we're here two years later and we're filming in the, in the studio now, or you can't really see it, but um, yeah, a team of, of sort of 12 people and um, warehouse now and it's just, it's come a long way and I'm really proud of the team and, and what, what we've become and, and, you know, the support from family and my partner and I always find myself saying every three months or every six months I kind of reinvent myself and I feel like you need to, you know, if you're, if you're really yep. wanting to evolve and, and change. I suppose change is the only constant we have, right? Yeah, for Definitely. sure, 100%. I, yeah, and I guess like being a mate and seeing from a different perspective your development has been unbelievable i remember the first time hearing from liam that you were going to be looking at this warehouse for the studio and just being blown away by the size of it as well and now you've got the office space as well and it's been pretty cool to see I it's think. been awesome watching yeah yeah watching your progress mm. and come up which yeah because you've generated a, a bunch of money for these companies is there any a, a close figure that we can get oh yeah we, we've done uh, over, over seven figures so with the agency yeah. and wow um yeah dabbling in a few other projects now that are hopefully going to be uh, even bigger in the future so yeah no uh, we'll see it's crazy to think though so i've only known you six months yeah. right um uh, and we've become quite close and it's just interesting to hear these different perspectives and I'm quite late in your journey in terms of brand booster or quite early. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you just, when I first met you, it was kind of crazy. You know, I saw you at this uh, event down at the beach and you were like, oh, I've got to go. I've got a call. I've got a meeting later and I've got this, another meeting scheduled this afternoon. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> Businessman, like, business guru. Like I was like, I'm going out. Like kind of intimidated. I was like, man, this, this guy seems so full of knowledge. And just the way you approach things and, and kind of tackle problems and interact with us, it's just in such a uh, professional and cool manner. And it's just so fun to be a part of like someone's journey that's they're creating something so spectacular for, so for not only brands, but kind of inspiring us, which is which is super cool. Yeah, well, it's cool to see that that's how you, how you saw me yeah. anyways. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say your time in Bali was obviously pretty influential working with yeah. some cool people in there. And you still keep in contact with a lot of those that you met yeah. traveling. How influential has that been, keeping the contact with those that are overseas or people that you've previously worked for? Yeah, quickly jumping back in time. 
uh, I'd sort of, so been on Cocos for a year or 10 months and I was like, I'm ready to go to Bali, ready to, you know, spread the wings a bit. Went to Bali for a couple of months, um, met some people there, came back to Australia and bought a van and, and was like, I'm going to travel Australia or, or the West Coast at least. And I converted an old van, which is actually in the back, the back shed there as well. And uh, yeah, converted this van and th- then I had no money, right? I was, I had, you know, a thousand bucks in my backyard. I couldn't really go anywhere. I couldn't really... You know, if the, if the car needed fixing, I wouldn't be able to do much. So I started, I was floating around my sister's house. She was down in Dunsborough at the time, down south. And, you know, I was just like hanging out for an opportunity. I was filming, you know, once a week maybe just to, to make a bit of money. And this is a crazy story and I don't know how much time we have, but... Plenty, plenty. I got a message from a friend I'd met in Bali and he basically as the story goes i'd finished up at one place i was staying and i was ready to look for another place and had a few weeks left in bali so i just scooted down the main street and i was like oh that place looks cool that place looks cool and i just went into four or five um and a couple of them were, were pretty dingy so i steered away and, and i ended up at this one that was just like yeah look look nice it had four bedrooms down the bottom four up the top and and i ended up staying there and and the whole place is empty except for one room and they put me next to that room and ended up being this guy in there, uh, Mitch, and and we just, I think I saw his surfboard on the wall or his guitar or something, so we just got chatting, and he was a bit older than me, but, you know, we'd hang out over two-minute noodles on the balcony because we both uh, had no money and, you know, just wanted to go surf in the <laughs> yeah, morning. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mitch and I hung out for a few weeks and then parted ways so from New Zealand, so um, we never really saw each other, uh, haven't seen each other since, but we kept in contact, and he reached out one day and he said, he said, I've seen this opportunity come up. It doesn't fit in with my travel plans, but I thought you might be interested. And it was, uh, it was a guy called James and, and basically he's a digital marketer coach, if that makes sense. So he helps service-based businesses uh, generate more clients, establish themselves in their space and ultimately make more money. And he was traveling from New Zealand over to Australia and then to Bali and he was looking for uh, someone to go and shoot content for him along the way, kind of like... Gary V, D-Rock style. And yeah, so I applied for it. Uh, it was just a Google form and I just said, you know, a bit about me, submitted a video. And the next day he, he emailed back and said, hey, do you want to jump on Skype? So I jumped on Skype that day with him and his wife. And then the day after that, they're like, yeah, cool. You got the gig. You know, you're flying out to Gold Coast next week. And it was, it was literally, it was, seven, it was <laughs> eight crazy. or nine days later. Um, and I was like, sweet, parked up the van at my sister's place and I you know, hope she was okay with me leaving there and flew out. And then, you know, that was a, that was a big transformational time too because I'd never met them, moving in to live with them and, and also then following on going to Bali after that with, with them. So it was kind of a three-month stint, but learned a hell of a lot from James and, and you know, that, that process and um, a lot to do with business uh, in particular. So, you know, focusing on one thing and how to really simplify your approach and have great offers. And, um, you know, there was days where I was sitting there editing videos and he was on calls, like five or six calls he had booked in. And he was just closing $10,000, $20,000 deals just in front of my eyes. And, and one day he did 40 or 50K. You'd always heard stories about these people, yeah. you know, making millions of dollars or, or close to. Um, but I'd never seen it and it was just like this light just switched in my brain and I was like, it is possible. You know, I guess that maybe planted the seed for then what was to come, I suppose. So yeah, huge, hugely pivotal moment. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. It's, I mean, to be, what are you, 23? 23, yeah. 23 yeah. and to be such like a successful man and, and so driven. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, do you have anyone that you draw your inspiration from specifically? Like, yeah. Is there many, yeah, now or in the past or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, there's thought leaders in our space, in the agency space that, that we're in, but 
Um, I mean, people like Gary Vee, I think, you know, everyone has different perspectives on him, but I do like a lot of the stuff he speaks on. Um, more than that, you know, people like, you know, us, right? Like people in our space and the team and, and, and friends and just people that you can, that can kind of be on the same wavelength. I think it's probably a different level of inspiration, but um, definitely get a kick out of that. Going from a place through where you were kind of freelancing, working just for yourself, then to building the agency and having to hire others, how did you go in regards to delegating the jobs and hiring people that value the same thing you valued and how's that process yeah. been going through that? Uh, terribly at first to, in terms of delegating because I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so I just struggled to take that step. But it was it was, it was necessary, you know, you need to be able to do it. And um, on the value side, I feel like we've definitely attracted the right crew and we're all pretty aligned in, in what we believe and where we're going. And, and that's huge. Like that's that's the core of any business, let alone a, a people business, which is what we're in. But yeah, when, when I first sort of started, I, I was... Um, had a brand or two on retainer. So it was like more consistent work. I knew that the money was coming in. And so I was like, I need help executing on this, editing this footage and, and shooting. Initially contracted it out. Um, and and that turned into the first employee of the business. And then that just kind of turned into the second and the third. And, and that just kind of went as the work became more consistent. But um, yeah, it kind of took a different approach to selling content you know, rather than, I know in, in our space, it's usually like once off campaigns or one video or 50 photos or, you know, just once off gigs. And, and so being able to go more of a retainer, you know, every month we're producing X amount of content for the brand. And it made sense for them because they needed more content to scale further and grow more and spend more in advertising. So uh, it just kind of aligned really well and everything just fell into place. I mean, there's, there was obviously things overcome and a lot of hard obstacles at the same time, but I felt like once we'd settled, we knew what we were doing. It did feel a lot more aligned after that. So I had the pleasure of watching you obviously kind of start this agency very early on in a two-bedroom apartment with, with you and another guy building this thing from the ground up. And I guess it can seem very glorified from the outside that this is just something that snowballs and takes off. But I know that you put a lot of hard work into it and there's a lot behind the scenes. How was that kind of for you going through the struggles of the early stages and self-doubt and just the limitations with mm. that small capacity? Mm. Yeah, interestingly for me personally there was there was limitations that you just don't you don't realize are there and for me it was usually around money or you know not feeling like i'm worth this amount or i could charge this amount amount and that had come from childhood right that was just that was just you know no fault to my parents or their parents but that was just stories that you 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 grown up with right and you know we were from a family that didn't necessarily spend a lot we usually you know for most of our life we we're on one teacher's income with seven kids so it was, you know we whilst we didn't have a lot of money it was we always had experiences and you know we went to we road tripped the states for six months when i was in like year eight and just like crazy experiences that really shaped our lives but um never really had money necessarily but I did find that that was a limiting belief for me and I, I'd always hit a ceiling where I was like you know maybe we're making 10k a month but I just couldn't crack that and then once I was able to familiarize myself with that and know that I'm worthy of more and we're worthy of more um, you know then we can hit the 15 the 20 and so on you know so that was that was definitely a limitation at the start and it might have looked like we had our shit together, but we weren't. We didn't. We, we were shooting on. <laughs> we, Definitely didn't. Yeah, we had, and I've got videos of it. It's like the first set that we had was like this sheet draped down. We had a, a lamp that didn't work, and on that lamp we taped a torch on it for a spotlight <laughs> <laughs> to shoot this uh, to shoot this product. And and you know it was you would make it up as you went, right? And you just um, yeah. you know not not that you'll fake it till you make it, but to some extent, you know you you're probably willing to yeah just have this 
this level of execution that you were telling people you're at and then just just learning whatever you could to get to that point you know and yep. and really putting the work so um there was definitely an element of that at the start and you know it's just lots of challenges that you just new things that you never experienced right and that's just the the evolution do you ever look back now with all the gear you've got and think about those times where you were taping a torch to a lamppost <laughs> and stuff like that yeah definitely and you know even to some extent now we don't have the world's best space i'd love to you know i'd love to have all the best gear and, and that's something we're working towards so even now we're probably going to be looking back on in in a year's time but um yeah i, I always reflect on that you know and and i, I was Lucky at the time, I thought about it. I was like, I should film some of this because I'll be able to look back way, way in the future. And it's nice to be able to do that um, to some extent. But I guess I just wish I filmed more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long did it take for you kind of to have a full-time income? Or did it, you know, were you working at that time during the early stages? So the, yeah, I was, I was trying to work out the date. But the last time I, I was employed by someone else was uh, 2017. So uh, I would have been... 19 or 20, uh, so a few years now. And then after that, it was just like freelance income. Um, but even that, there were still times where, and, and I've got screenshots of this too, you know, bank account in the negatives and partners bailing me out sometimes. And um, so, you know, it wasn't all rosy, but that was just sustaining me. I was probably making just enough to live off, doing a video a week or whatever it was. And then when Brand Booster kind of kicked off, that that's when I was able to kind of go all in. And um, I didn't pay myself a salary until maybe six to eight months into that journey. But, you know, I was still drawing some some money from the business. So. Was there a point where you were thinking, I'm just not going to be able to make enough money? Were you ever no, looking for employment or? No, I, I think I was willing to if I had to. You know, it's a big ego hit to just go back and yeah. uh, be willing to take a job. So I definitely didn't want to, but... I'd also overcome that. I was willing to if it came to it. Um, but but I'm a big believer in going all in and, and not having a plan B. And I know if I had parents to bail me out or if I had um, a job to go to, you just wouldn't have driven so hard yeah, when your back's yeah. not against the wall. So, um, yeah, I was, I was committed for sure. So I guess now that you've built up the agency to a point we have got 12 people working for you and you're looking forward even to bigger and better things, is it kind of values that you're wanting to install in the people working for you or kind of mindsets that you're wanting to teach them and, and help them to grow as people as well yeah heaps to be honest and you know our core values are around community integrity and ambition but there's a lot that goes into that as well and um a lot that i probably was you know really wanting to embody coming into the business and then um you know i, I was just like looking back at myself at 17 and being like when I was looking for opportunities, right? When when James when I got to work with James, I was like, how can how can we facilitate that? How can we build that in people? And and that's definitely been a big part of it. Like the the team's all pretty young. I think our average age is like 24, 25. So um, we're all we're all young and hungry. And I guess growth is probably at the core of everything. Growth in in our personal development, professional development, in for the brands we work with. Obviously, they want to grow. So it's kind of. Growth is like a really nice underlying word, I suppose, that, that I'd use to describe it, yeah. I know you give a book to everyone that, that mm. kind of yeah. works for you. What's what's the book for anyone wanting to yeah, have, so a, we've have got, a read? We've got two books. Atomic Habits is the first one, and I don't know if you guys read it, mm. but yeah. um, Mad, I, I've read it. This is the second time going through it in depth, and it's just like it just changes every time, like how you perceive it. Um, which is all about building like micro habits and changing habits and and ultimately just having more control and you know in, in your life. I bought it for Baz. Yeah, so we oh, did that actually. Yeah, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sick. <laughs> Love it. Um, how you find it? Yeah, it's alright. I like I was actually chatting to Liam today about it. Is like me struggling to 
get through a lot of books and concentration is just such yeah. a, so I have to take a lot of small parts, yeah. which I guess, I guess the yeah. minimal habits again, yeah, just yeah. reading it a tiny bit a day. 10 pages a day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it is in, you know, for books like that, it's a pretty easy read really. Yeah. So. I mean, sometimes a lot of those books, I feel like I read a bit, I'm like, holy crap. Like, what yeah. have I just like, what's yeah. my brain's full. Um, and the other book that the leadership team are, uh, are going through is good to great. Have you guys heard of that one? I've good heard of it. Yeah. I haven't read it though. Yeah. So, um, I'll probably I'll probably butcher this if I try to explain it, but it's it's kind of the story of it's not a story it's based on facts. So basically, this research team went and found um, a list of of really transformational companies in the world: Gillette, Kimberly Clark, Wells Fargo, which is a bank in America, just just big institutions, and the ones they have like this sex, this group that didn't become great companies they just kind of flopped or they didn't perform and this other group but they showed potential this other group that did so and during their transformational period how did they do it essentially and it ties into so many things like what they're doing their belief behind it their values their team how they restructure things um but just this this crazy informed on data and real life um which a bit more of an in-depth read but for us building a company it's like it's so valuable because we want to go to great, right? And it's just the notion behind being great at everything you do and not just being adequate or not just being good, but really wanting to push boundaries as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. And while we're on the topic of books, are there any other few ones that have helped shape who you are? Because I know you love, yeah, love a good read. Yeah, or, or uh, audio books or podcasts. Yeah, there's a bunch. Uh, one that comes to mind, again, on the business side is one called Built to Sell. Um, and it just tells a story of whether you're wanting to sell your business or not, just the the ability to set it up in a way that is worth more it runs itself it's not so owner operated and you're not so involved in it because i think that's a really powerful thing because a huge mistake most people make is starting businesses because they want that freedom but it gets sucked out of them they don't have the freedom because they're so in the business so um i'm not perfect either but uh that's been a good one for that um and some other ones actually the you recommended it, the breath Mm-hmm. Uh, all about breathing. You, yeah. know, you could probably touch you, on that. Have you read it? Yeah, I listened to it, the audiobook, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. For anyone that doesn't know Breath, it's a book around the benefits of nose breathing and, and how that can actually change your life completely just through through breathing through your nose and focusing really on the breath. And um, and healing and, you know, people, and you probably notice it even, even now, we are breathing through our chest, shallow breathing, deep through our stomach and our nose. Um, makes a huge difference in your response, um, your your mood, in, and they, they tell a lot of stories about... Yeah, funny feeling. story actually. When I had my eyes, I was going through a lot of eye therapy. I was struggling to focus and sport my eyes and it turned out my eyes weren't concentrating because I'd stopped breathing. Yeah. The lady was like, okay, what track this and focus on breathing? And suddenly I was able to track everything Whoa. and it was the most unbelievable thing there. And then what? from playing, yeah, from playing cricket... Then as the bowler would run in and I'm batting, I, I take deep breaths and oh. I could see everything perfectly fine. So yeah. before yeah. that you were holding your breath, you yeah. were breathing. Yeah, subconsciously I was holding my breath, whether it was nerves or yeah, yeah. whatever. The breath but is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was my first, I guess, um, way of seeing that. Which is yeah. cool. Have yeah. you become more aware of your breath now? Yeah, you've kind like of read that? when exercising, breathing through the nose as much as possible. I feel like, to be honest, since since consciously breathing through the nose except for one time i was i was sick and had a, a clogged nose but aside from that i've been like breathing so much better sleeping better you know wow. um yeah a lot of things that, that yeah, play into wow. that yeah yeah so was there ever a point where you kind of like something clicked and you were just like yes this is what i want to do i want to you know work in the e-commerce business i want to be you know a creative 
anything like that, like a specific point in time where you kind of a growing brand brewster and you were kind of, yeah, I'm so on. Yeah, it was probably as as that transition into it because, you know, I was, I was trying to push running ads for people and, I, and it was kind of working. You know, I, I was doing it for some people, but, and I like numbers and I like the analytical side, but it's just not, it's not the kind of thing I can be lit up doing every day. And then so when I realized there was this whole world of creating content for e-commerce brands, I guess the distinction is this, right? You, you've got like a lot of freelancers and probably a lot of you guys, right? You take yep. epic footage and, you know, great cinematics. But when it comes to producing that content for a brand that's running an ad, a, a, a seven second clip of a barley beach is just going to lose people and they're not, they're not going to be interested in buying the product you're trying to sell. Yeah, okay. So freelancers, typically speaking, don't know how to create a converting mm, yeah. ad or a converting video. So that was kind of the principles, right? Because when you're running ads, you need that content. And being a freelancer, you know how to create the content. So combining the two principles together. Um, so that was maybe a pivotal moment for me. I know something that drives me a lot is just wanting to learn and learn and yep. learn and be curious. And, and when you're curious, you, you can you can take in so much. Like yeah. being curious is probably the most underrated thing in the world. So... Yeah, that knowing that you can sort of wake up and be curious and, and learn today is, is yeah. kind of, you know, pretty bad. Did you ever think those two paths would cross, the creator and the running of the ads? Yeah, I didn't foresee it necessarily. I was like, I want to run ads and I'm just making videos on the side to just allow me to live and cover costs to keep running ads, which is a weird way to look at it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then obviously when it came together, that's when it made so much more sense. But um, no, I, did, I probably didn't foresee it. But what did help me was some reference points in the industry. So other people who had done it um, and done it successfully and, and that probably gave me some self-belief as well. So um, yeah, having that belief definitely helped then drive it forwards. So with Brandverse and your kind of personal life, what's your kind of goal for the next few years, five, 10 years? It's a great question and something I should be very clear on given we should have a, a long-term business plan. Um, the There's a few things. I guess ultimately knowing that, that the goal is ultimately freedom still and whether that's freedom of time or freedom financial freedom there's there's a few things that come into it um but you know still a big part of that is still being creative and spreading the rings wings and getting to travel and um and you know film um more meaningful things as well you know i sort of have um i don't know if i've told many people this but i'd love to go to africa i've got some family ties in africa so my dad was born there and his parents and my grandparents um, spent most of their life there um, and pretty gnarly stories there as well you know which yeah, we could yeah, film yeah. a whole podcast on it but you know things like uh, I think it was my granddad's dad who had a where they lived in Africa they had outhouses they didn't have toilets inside so you'd go outside to go to the toilet and you know he had like a leopard jump on him from a tree as he was going outside oh, yeah, wow my granddad's had to um, yeah just supposedly dogs that had rabies and were trying to bite him he had to you know like shove their tongue down their throat. Yeah, you know, I'll keep it less graphic for the podcast. But, <laughs> but, you know, just like, I think it was, I think he used to ride, like this is this is no bullshit. He used to ride for two days to get to university or, or school or college, whatever. There's no way. Yeah, he'd ride his bike and he'd, t- he'd sleep what? in a ditch and he'd have to put fires on either side of the ditch. I think he maybe was with, with friends or whatever, but he, they'd have to light fires so that lines didn't come in. But just, yeah, super loose. And, but yeah, so they had... Yeah, Africa's gnarly, dude. But yeah, a lot of family ties there. So, you know, I'd love to retrace their steps. They built a lot of schools and built a lot of 
hospitals and things. So yeah. um, we actually had a trip planned for my dad and granddad were going and I was going to go in April last year, I think, right when COVID was kind of blowing up. So never got to go. But, you know, I guess I kind of have a bit of a vision of um, being able to go over there sometime and um, just film what happens, you know, a bit of a documentary or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Would you say after completing Brand Booster and um, going through that path, would you say you're looking to go back to where your passion was or where your passion started of creating and where now you've got this financial mm. freedom, supposedly? Mm. Would you say that? Oh, yeah. Of? I think I'm far from that point, to be honest. Like, you know, it, it looks rosy from the outside, but there's always things that go on inside. Yeah. But, yep. um, yeah, uh, I, there's always going to be – I'm always going to want to work on something. Like, I've been asked the question, what does your ideal day look like? And to be honest, it probably looks like working on something meaningful, you know, something that I want to be working on and building and growing. Um, so I'm sort of uh, – definitely see more of a focus in the e-commerce space as a whole so launched uh, always a, a partner in a you know brand launch recently and that's been really exciting you know just a new thing to to really understand and it's also really beneficial for brand booster because we get to see the whole you know all sides of e-com but yeah. Yeah. um i feel like watching your journey so far this desire to be curious and desire to be better is what's kind of driven all aspects of your life really whether it's relationships friends business or just personal there's like a desire to be to be better to be a better person mm. you know better boyfriend a better uh, businessman and i think that's probably something that will continue throughout your life and mm. so in all these different you know directions that you're going to go it's always a constant drive to be better and to to stay curious and stay learning and i think that's just a pretty cool trait to have so yeah if you don't know that like that rubs off on us you yeah. know like us hanging oh, out you with got, you, you on everyone the same thing right like yeah that, that's that's what sort of attracts you to yeah to the right crew and you know uh like i'm i'm naturally more of an introvert like if i had my way i'd, I'd be cruisy to just hang out with myself all the time but you know you know i'm, I'm not one to just be putting myself in social situations all the time but there's definitely certain people like yourselves and and you know other friends that, that we we all know um that do allow you to get a kick out of that and, and grow together and uh, i think that's really important and and probably something that a lot of people don't put enough attention on you know that they they're not willing to cut cut people out sound it sounds yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. full on but genuinely just spending less time with people that aren't serving you or, or being yep. you know helping you be better and spending more time with people who are and even if they're that's online if, if if they have to be virtual then you know go that way yeah have you ever had a point where you kind of struggled with other people's perspectives you know being a creator um can be challenging you know a lot of people despise creators or you know don't say they work real jobs or anything like that did you ever get to a point where you tiktok you've had a bit of Oh, oh, yeah, I had yes. it on a Sunday. Yeah, I put this yeah. video up and yeah, I didn't even think twice about it. I think I'd done like a, I did like a, a Sunday routine and a vlog. Yeah. But without realizing that obviously Sunday's not a full out work day, even though I do work um, quite a lot. But I think that day I woke up and I spent a couple of hours doing a bit of work, checked in on a bit of crypto stuff, and then, um, and then went to the beach. And, you know, that was kind of my day. And I just got ripped into on TikTok because uh, everyone was like, oh, yeah, such an entrepreneur, you know, you're working so hard. And, and I didn't even think twice about it until afterwards. And I left it up there. I think it's kind of funny, you know, people yeah, who can. But I think I bring it up more than you do because I think yeah. about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if I was to get comments, I'd be thinking about it so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> you have any, any problems with negative comments? Like, do you ever struggle with, mm. with things like that and people judging you, you know, especially when you're starting out, like, mm. man, what are you doing? You're sitting mm. in a room working on some mm. weird yeah. e-commerce stuff that people weren't familiar with. Yeah. Oh, it's always around and it's around in anyone who's doing something. And, and you know, not that I was ever uh, better than anyone else or doing more than anyone else, but 
the way I look at it is like people who are willing to take the time out of their day to say something negative are just obviously not working on something themselves. They're not fulfilling themselves in whatever they want to do. So, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things that I just, I guess I can just understand the perspective and, and I guess then it doesn't phase you, but there's always times that it does. And, um, one thing that did help me for sure was that move right to Cocos because you're not seeing those people in real life you know, they might be talking about you behind your back, but you don't see it. So it, it helps to, you know, not, not affect you so much. So, I mean, that'd be advice, right? Just remove yourself, change your environment, you know, and set it up that way. Yeah, 100%. I, I love that. Your days are obviously so packed at the moment with such a busy schedule and all these different routines. What are some things you do to manage time effectively and kind of get through get through the day and get mm. all the to-dos you've got to, to get done for people that maybe wonder how you manage to fit all this in, in your life? This, this might come as a surprise for some people or maybe not for others uh but I, I would probably consider myself relatively lazy as you know i mean motivated disciplined in some aspects but a lot of times it takes a lot of effort to be disciplined right and yep. so i'm definitely not perfect I'm, I'm still trying to work out my calendar and schedule and how that works best and i've tried to have really rigorous this then this then this then this and it only works if you're able to tick them off and if you don't then you feel guilty about not doing them and then it comes back home. You can't, you don't sleep as well because you've got lots on your mind. It's just, it's just a whole cycle. So um, funnily enough, in the last couple of months, I've not that I've taken a step back, but I've just been uh, more relaxed and, and not uh, holding myself to, to so much account. So yeah. working on more important stuff rather than just things that need to get done and um, segmenting the day a bit more and coming out of the day feeling like you've accomplished something helps hugely because then you can switch off a bit better yeah, sleep yeah. better, etc how do you feel if you're ever in a slump of motivation or discipline how do you feel you can pull yourself out of that sometimes when you've got so many people looking up yeah, to you as yeah, well yeah, to yeah. stay motivated yeah. And yeah oh that's that's a good question probably maybe not a question if i had the the real answer for it but environment is almost always the the way you know whether that's working out or going like you know you guys have seen the one wheel obviously but i love just like going for a cruise on that and just putting some headphones in either listening to a podcast or music and just clearing the mind and just going somewhere actually i like it up here because a lot of the houses on the river are like nice houses and it's kind of inspiring to ride past and just you know just wonder what people do for a living and and just feel that um wealth i suppose so I feel like that helps. Yeah, we got that as well in Wembley Downs. It's quite nice walking we love through those streets. thinking what people do for a living. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Sitting in their mansions. Yeah. It's like removing yourself from whatever situation it was um, and and getting back on, you know, that first small win and, and atomic habits. And there's another book called Power of Habit, which goes into, you know, kind of when you start your day, you know, you make your bed, you then you work out first thing, you so-and-so and each of those small wins then you know, adds up and allows you to have the next thing. So you don't have to go and move mountains from the start, but just the small, the, the tiny thing that then allows you to, to continue that progression and be better. Yeah, so, sick. Mm. You know, if, if, yeah, if you are in a slump, go get that small win somewhere and let that then, you know, snowball. So Jai, what's some advice that you give someone who's kind of in your position at your younger self and wanting to pursue something they're passionate about? Uh, so many things, probably some I've already covered, but definitely going all in, you know, and, and obviously being in the right position to do it. You know, you're not going to do it if you had no money, you're not able to sustain it, but going all in in the sense of not having a way out and yep. not giving yourself a way out because that's going to make you drive so much harder. Um, being really curious in that process and, and willing to learn and wanting to learn and, 
and that's what's going to allow you to network and meet people and meet the right people. Uh, and you guys, um, you, you, you've all had elements of that as well. Really working out why you, you want to do that. You know, if, if it's, it, it's probably not just because I want to make money. It's probably not just because I want to travel cool places. There's always more to it. And whether that's, you know, I want to support a family and give back to them, you know, because they've given, given to me this whole, this whole time or, um, you know, figure out what you truly, why you truly want to do that thing, what the end goal is, you know, years down the line, why do you want to do that? And stay in line with that because if you know that, that's what's going to wake you up in the morning and get you working on that thing and that's what's going to keep driving you, um, you know, and, and try and be really honest with yourself when you, when you work that out. So, Jai, where can we find you on the socials and follow Brand Booster's journey from here? Uh, Jai.journeys on Instagram and, and most socials, so that's J-A-I, um, most people get that wrong. And Brand Booster without the E, Brand Booster. Uh, brand Booster. Is, yeah, Brand Booster, wherever, uh, wherever you want to look that up as well. So yeah, reach out and, and have a chat. I'm, I'm pretty open to sharing the love and hearing stories and, and finding out, you know, what other people are working on too. Yeah, well, I couldn't uh, think of a better guest to have as our very first guest oh, yeah, on Fat Chat. We're so stoked on. to have you. Uh, it's been an awesome episode. We hope that uh, some of you guys took some information. Uh, and yeah, feel free to reach out to Jai or us if you have any questions about Jai's journey and, and Brand Booster and all. So we really appreciate you having on the episode, man. Love you, Jai. You. Thanks, guys.